Good morning. Can you hear me? I can hear you. All right, all right. Coming through. Okay, um, I would first like to make sure that I have your name pronunciation correct. Is it Gosnell or Jocelyn? Gosnell. Gosnell, okay. All right. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's get started. First and foremost, I would like to thank you very much uh, for being a part of my podcast coming on this morning. I appreciate you having me. No problem. This is um, this is basically a podcast. It's called Millionaire by Morning because it has a lot to do with uh, faith and mobility as far as moving forward um, with blind faith. So I wanted to have you on as a guest because you are definitely someone that can uh, open the eyes as far as um, faith is pertained, mm -hmm. right? So. <laughs> I'd uh, like to go ahead and introduce you as Gosnell, Ken Gosnell, which is the CEO and servant leader of CEO Experience, CXP for short. His company services Christian CEOs and leaders by helping them to hear the words, well done. CEO Experience provides great retreat experiences for CEOs that both transform them and their organizations that enable them to go further faster. Ken is the publisher of the CXP CEO Executive Guide that is designed to help leaders learn faster by encouraging them to give themselves a learning retreat. I'm sorry. Okay. His monthly CEO retreats have helped thousands of CEOs and their leadership teams to enhance strategic, operational, and people accomplishments. He is a keynote speaker, executive coach, and strategic partner with CEOs and successful business leaders. He is also the author of the book, Well Done, Biblical Business Principles to Grow a Business and a Kingdom Impact Due Out in Early 2021. Ken also writes monthly business leadership, team management, and CEO articles for several business magazines and publications, including Forbes, business.com, YFS Magazine, The Startup, and Executive Fund. It is my pleasure to introduce Ken Gosnell, a writer for Forbes and entrepreneur, the founder of CEO Experience, and the author of the book, Well Done. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for that introduction. Oh, thanks a lot. Um, so let's get right into it. The book, Well Done. That's something that a lot of people need to be told a lot of the times. And, uh, you know, that's left out when you're, when you're grown, you know, when you're a grown up finally. You may be told that as a child and it helps you to grow. But once you're uh, grown and you're on your own and it's, it's, it's business, it's sink or swim, no one is there to tell you well done. Right. So, can you get a little bit into the book and what it's about? Absolutely. I say well done are the two most important words. I think those are the words that every leader should speak and every leader wants to hear. And um, what I, um, how the book really came to be was uh, I worked with a lot of um, business owners, CEOs, companies. And as I would talk to them about growing their business, I would often go back and find a lot of the wisdom was in the Bible. 
And so we would be talking about biblical business principles. Sometimes they didn't realize it, um, but uh, we knew that those principles were were uh, um, been proven. They were they were solid, and because they've been proven for thousands of years. And I, what I really found was with every Christian business owner that I dealt with was that they had this bigger purpose. So they not only wanted to grow their business, but they also wanted to grow their kingdom impact. And ultimately, what drove us all, and it was my drive as well, is we wanted to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant, when we got to heaven. And so I started to unpack that over probably 15, 15 or 20 years or so. And I kept trying to understand what does well done look like for a business leader, for a business owner? You know, that was a business parable that Jesus told. It was about a guy that owned a business. He had three team members, three employees, and he said, hey, I'm going to give you some resources to use while I'm gone. And then when he came back, two of them he found were faithful. They were good stewards of what they'd been given. And he said to them, well done. And what I found in my life, and often with other business owners, is even though that was a noble pursuit, sometimes it became unclear or became cloudy in the day-to-day operations of business and doing business the way the world kind of tells us to do business. And so I wanted to articulate, I wanted to build a business, but I also wanted to articulate it in the book that there is a model to get to well done for every business owner. And this model works, whether you're a startup or an entrepreneur just by yourself, all the way to uh, running a major corporation or publicly traded uh, company. Okay. Okay. So um, as far as running a small startup, mom and pop company, Mm-hmm. and a public traded company, as far as the CEO goes and your uh, parables, principles, do they change on a small scale as far as a large scale? Is there a change in between or is there different principles that you know the CEO has to live by, go by? Right. So I teach that there are 12 critical bi- biblical business principles. And those are the same, whether you're an entrepreneur, individual startup, all the way to a publicly traded company, the key is to master those principles. And as your company grows, there's probably more ways to implement or execute on those principles. But I believe that whether you're a solopreneur all the way to a publicly traded company, there's really nine key areas of business. And they just begin to expand and and grow as you grow a particular company. So same things like accounting and finance or sales and marketing or human resources or operational excellence. That, that's true whether you're a solopreneur or all the way to an Amazon, if you will. They, they have those same areas of business. Now, the bigger business has more ways of, uh, you know, your accounting for, you know, department, you know, might have multiple reports and you know, have a lot more bookkeeping to do and all those kinds of things. But you still have an accounting and finance department if you're a solopreneur. So what I teach is these 12 biblical business principles, um, they, they work no matter what size your business is, works out no matter how long you've been in business or whether you're starting out. It's just how you execute on those over a period of time, which is where CEO experience comes into play. We partner with CEOs and business owners in different parts of the country. And um, we, we work with business owners usually for a long period of time as they continue to execute their, on their business. And so um, we're working with them to help them to think about, here's a principle that we have to deal with. Let's not talk about execution. How do we execute that? 
And then who's holding them accountable to make sure that they're executing that in an efficient and effective way? Okay, so as far as leadership, um, who, who, I guess, who holds the leader accountable? Well, I think there's two people that, ultimately three people that hold, I think first off, God holds them accountable, right? Is because uh, we're ultimate stewards of everything that God gives to us. And, um, and so we teach business owners, one of our principles is to make the move from owner to overseer, that they're not owners of the business, they're just a steward of the business that God's given them. So ultimately, they're ultimately accountable to God, or we all are. Um, but then secondly, I think um, that what I tell business owners is that they're accountable to their team. And so as you begin to teach these, what the the magic of these principles, and I think what Jesus did when he had his disciples, we've, we've modeled everything after kind of the, the ministry and the model of Jesus. So if you read the book or if you look at all that, we believe he was the greatest leader and that he teaches us. You know, his organization, by the way, started as a solopreneur by himself. He quickly got it to about 13 people when he had 12 disciples that he brought on board. And then all of a sudden, right after he left, after three years of training, his organization grew three to 3,000. Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. And then it took the world by storm by the end of the book of Acts. Paul's on these missionary journeys. And so he, he had a secret, if you will, to uh, how to scale a business. And uh, so anyway, we, we say that the team is also part of that accountability process. Because if you teach these principles to your team, when you go to make decisions, the team reminds you, hey, are you... Are you acting like an owner here? Or are you acting like a steward? Or are you going the second? Uh, we always say call it taking the second step. Are you going a little bit further? Or are you trying to cut costs? Right. And then we believe that the third uh, accountability uh, partner for CEOs is, is really their peers. And so we bring them in. We call it a retreat model because, again, we follow the, the model of what Jesus. We believe he kind of went in away with his disciples. He went away, went into the temple and argued and debated with the Pharisees, religious leaders of the day. He was with his peers and kind of arguing it out a little bit, but also trying to show wisdom and insight from a different perspective. And so we uh, have these retreats that we bring CEOs, usually in small groups together, but that way they get to know one another, they get to challenge one another, they get to encourage one another, but it also is a, is a level of accountability to make sure that they're marching towards well done because we say well done is is too important to miss right you don't want to live your whole life get to the end of it and build this great business but have your marriage fall apart or your children not appreciate you or not like you and or you get to heaven and god says well you you grew a great business but you didn't do anything for my kingdom and so i'm not i'm not totally pleased you could have done so much more and we want every ceo to hear those words well done good and faithful servant enter into my master's happiness, right? Enter into the happiness, the heaven. And so there's, there's those three levels of accountability. Oh, okay. That's, that's actually awesome. I get it. I, so not only are you a leader, you have to learn to follow as well. And you're following your flock and, and, and there. Okay. All right. Now, one uh, of the principles that we teach is um, principle, we call it principle number 10 in the book. We say, improve your team to improve your organization. And every month at our retreat, we, we actually have them measure their level of followership. And we use that phraseology, that term. And we say there's a double meaning to it, but we have them evaluate themselves. Number one, are, are they listening to God's voice? Because we believe, I was just with the CEO just a couple of days ago. 
and we were talking about strategic plan. He grew his company. It's been a wonderful thing. And he, he said, you know, what's been so interesting as he looked back over the pivots of his business is he said, none of these were strategically planned. All of them came about from God's voice speaking into our, our ears. And we were able to pause and listen to what God was saying. And then we were able to move to where God wanted him to go. Now, he wasn't saying we shouldn't do strategic planning. But what he was saying was that he had to follow. He had to step back because God ultimately had the plan, right? But then the other part of followership is that we ask our, our leaders to think about where are they stepping back so others can step forward. And that's talking about their team. We say you're not a good leader if you're not, if you have, if everything in your life, if every place in your life you're leading, you're not a great leader because there ought to be some place in your life where you're letting somebody else lead and you're learning to be a better follower because we believe that that's critical to getting to well done. Oh, wow. Okay. So you can just be an overseer and delegate. <laughs> we want you to be a good steward, but absolutely, you got to be bringing others along on the journey. You're never going to get to well done by yourself. We said, we say, uh, no great leader ever, uh, ever let alone Jesus, who was the greatest leader of all. The very first thing he did was he went out and recruited his team. And even a solopreneur, um, we would say that you know you're going to touch thousands of people's lives through the through the year uh, through a year of business, whether it's through your vendors, whether it's your competitors whether it's um, uh, people in your industry or your customers. And so we say, you know, you need to think about your team strategically. Obviously, if you can add um, referral partners or employees, and that's a good way to grow your business. But um, uh, you've got to learn how to work well with others if you're going to get to well done. Definitely. That's a, that's a definite. Um, have, you ever heard, have you ever heard this before, um, that Bobble is... Um, acronym for basic instructions before leaving earth right yeah, i know <laughs> so i i grew up in church and um both of my both of my grandparents was pastors they both had their own church um so i i was taught these lessons growing up and these are lessons that that stick with you mm -hmm. Even if you're not in church, even if you're not, you know, you, you, as they say, are of the world uh, or whatnot. And uh, it goes back to uh, what I found out is in business and in life, like you said earlier, everything goes back to the basic principles. Mm -hmm. And if you follow those principles, just by default, if you follow those principles in life and in business, you will be successful. That's right. Yeah. So, so I try to, um, I know a lot of people, you know, don't want to be led, especially nowadays. Uh, it's kind of hard to speak about a lot of the things, um, that I learned about, uh, that, you know, uh, Christianity and things of that nature, but there is a way to bring people in and then let them, let them know that, Hey, these are the principles that you're actually following. Absolutely. Like you were saying about when you go and, and teach CEOs, they don't know that they're following these principles, mm -hmm. but you, a, a person can have blind faith. That's right. And, That's right. and write a business plan. A business plan is basically blind faith, you know, mm -hmm. and you have to get on the path. Once you get on the path and follow the path and believe that that path is going to come to fruition, then you're, you are trusting into a higher power. That's right. That's right. And I teach it. So I did research on um, over the last hundred years, 
if you'll look at the book, you'll see that it's highly footnoted. And what I wanted to show, and the reason that I did that was because there's been a lot of great leadership books. There's been a lot of business books, even some uh, Christian business books that were out there. But, but what I wanted to show was that the businesses that have been successful, whether they were Christian or not, over the, say, the last hundred years of, of industry in America, have practiced these, these biblical business principles. And so I, I scoured leadership books, I looked at companies and organizations, and I'll give you one example that I mentioned in the book, but you know, Amazon today is, is seen as a behemoth industry, it's a leader. Well, I say that Jeff Bezos and Amazon is probably one of the best second, uh, what I call second step or second mile uh, companies that's out there. Uh, one of the principles that we believe that Jesus taught was always take the second step, always go a little bit further than what's expected or anticipated. And that's a good business principle to apply, whether how you're dealing with your people, whether it's how you're dealing with your customer, whether it's how you're dealing with your accounting and finance and so on and so forth. Jeff Bezos is doing it related to, to delivery. He wants to deliver a product better and faster and quicker than anybody's ever expecting. And it's his whole business model. He, he wants it so that you can purchase something on Amazon today and have it delivered to your home within 30 minutes to an hour. And so they're building distribution centers and using drones and robots and so on. So he's not satisfied with the status quo. He's going a little bit further. Now, he doesn't know that that principle probably comes from the Bible. He doesn't, he just knows it's good business, right? <laughs> and we've got a lot of good business people, like you said, that they've been taught that, but they've ignored it because they're trying to circumvent. They're trying to do something a little bit different, thinking that they'll get on the latest trend or do something. And the reality is the, the wisdom that we've been taught, if we just apply it in our business, and if we just apply even one of those principles, we can have uh, huge success. When we learn to apply more of those principles, and what I would challenge businesses to think about is these 12 principles, when we do that in every area of our business, all of a sudden we can't help but be, to be successful. Now, it's not a get-rich-quick scheme, you know, it's not, it's not easy, it takes hard work, um, just like the disciples did in the early church, just like Jesus did, he had to go to the towns and villages and preach the message and teach it. It's hard to stay centered on these principles, but I believe that they do, um, they do bring ultimate success. Now, the way that we wrote it in the book and the way that I teach it is all the 12 biblical business principles are actually business in nature. So I could go into any uh, corporation, talk with any CEO or business owner, and I could mention that principle. And, um, you know, they would understand the value of that principle, just like take the next step, right? What's the next step? What's, what's a little bit further? Now, what I try to do, though, is I want to show them the wisdom of that principle and then show them that that wisdom didn't come from me as a business expert. It really came from Jesus as a life expert or what I would say is an eternal expert. You know, he was, he, he wanted to get people to eternal life. And so it's not only good for business, it's good for life. It's good for living. And, uh, and so we know that these principles work, but absolutely. I think these principles are solid and and that uh, they've been proven over and over again throughout history, but especially in businesses over the last hundred years. Definitely. They, they have, um, you know, you, you can research it. You can actually look at businesses and see even on, on a basic scale, um, politicians, you know, going door to door, knocking door to door, uh, you know, they're trying to expand their message. 
you know, it, it's it's all a um, it's all a basic principle when you you know get down to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. And that's me, you know, uh, <laughs> algebra, uh, mathematics. Just get me down to the basic principles, <laughs> and I can figure the rest out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's how it should be is as far as business is concerned, is um, as far as business and life is concerned, just getting down to the basic principle and anything else, nothing is original. Just, you know, each and every one of us have something in us or um, a path that we're going to follow. And as long as you can get down to the basic principles, it is going to come to you. Um, and that's just my belief. Yep. And that's it. why the podcast, my podcast and my entire brand is Millionaire by Morning. Because mm-hmm. if you have the faith and you have belief, you wake up the next morning, whatever it is you want to accomplish, you have the next morning to do it. That's <laughs> you right. know. That's right. So well, one of the principles I think you'll appreciate is principle number seven. I say um, it's I, I call it believe and ask for the impossible. Right. Jesus made a statement where he told his disciples, he said, what seems impossible with man is possible with God. And I believe in business, one of the things that's so exciting from a business, so obviously that, that's, a, that's a spiritual component. Jesus is talking about salvation, and he's talking about the fact that what we can't see, that what seems impossible, God can, God can do amazing things, which obviously brings salvation to even the most difficult of people, which is what's proved out in the book of Acts with with Paul. But in business, we get excited about that because all of a sudden, you know, people are doing, uh, really, they're, they're doing a lot of impossible things. Even we were just talking about uh, Jeff Bezos and, and now Elon, Elon Musk. I mean, they're trying to, to, to get to Mars and they're doing all these things with space exploration, right? They're believing in something that once seemed impossible. And here's a lesson that I teach entrepreneurs and, and for any business owner, as I said, say that, um, people have the capacity to do the impossible when somebody believes it's possible, yep. right? And when, as, a, as an entrepreneur, when we started out in business, we believed, just like you're talking about, faith millionaire by morning, right? That, hey, I have the, I have the ability in myself to start a business, to become a millionaire, to, to add value to others, to create a product or a service that, that maybe is a little bit better or different that's in the marketplace right now. And that belief, God, I believe probably God's placed in their heart. He's created them. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship. We've been created to do good works that God has prepared in advance. And so God's ordained us. He's, he's made us. He's created us. He's designed us with that, that particular purpose. And so when I believe that, when I start to believe in myself to say, hey, God's given me this mission and this purpose, then I can go out and do something that that I never thought I could do before. And I've talked to business owners all the time. You know, I, I work with a lot of business owners that have been in business a long time, as well as entrepreneurs. And I was talking to a guy that had been in business for 45 years the other day. And I said, would you have ever believed that it had been 45 years? He said, again, I was surprised I made it one year. But all of a sudden, when I made it one year, I thought, man, wouldn't it be great if I could make it to 50 years in business? And now he's close to that mark. But he had that dream. He had that vision that he could go out and be in business, a successful business, for 50 years, right? So people can do the impossible when somebody believes that's possible. And the first person that we need to get to believe that is an entrepreneur is ourselves, right? Because yeah. <laughs> we start to doubt ourselves sometimes. We say, oh, I can't do it. or And we got to get that thinking out. And we got to say, no, we've been yeah. created for this. We've been designed. Man, it has never been a better time to start a business than right now. I believe I've been telling people, just, 
hey, right now, if you can start a business right after the pandemic or right in the pandemic, when things get great or well, man, you're going to be on, on easy street, right? So now's the time to go out and create something new. Now's the time to go out and create something different. What you didn't like about your company, what you didn't like about before, what you didn't like about a service or didn't like about a product or service, be innovative. Look at it differently. Think about it in a fresh way. And all of a sudden you can do something amazing that nobody ever thought could be replaced, right? And we, there's just been so many, and I write about it in the book, there's been so many people that believed in the impossible that changed our changed our world right uh, the Wright brothers believing I mean they were bicycle shop owners yeah <laughs> I mean they weren't airplane engineers you know they weren't aeronautical uh, experts they were bicycle owners but they believed that they could take the parts of a bicycle and they believed that flight was possible and they were the ones that flew the first airplane and yeah. so on and on I don't know we could go but I just I just love that uh, principle of believe and ask for the impossible because uh, that's, I think, what you what you do in your podcast, which is one of the things I love about. I've listened to several episodes. I just love what you do. Oh, awesome, man. Thanks a lot. I, uh, I To put that, what you just said, that principle in a nutshell, I'll tell you a quick story. I um, So there's a belief that... Um, what I've always been told is you have a father in heaven. Mm. So it would be the exact same way as if you had a father on earth. Mm -hmm. So I am a, a single father and um, I would say it's been five years now. And this is a story that kind of changed my whole perspective on life. And I follow this rule that you said now to a T. I made a vision board one year. And I put everything that <laughs> I put everything that I wanted on this vision board. And it was, I remember um, house, a house with a pool. It was a wife. It was, um, um, what else was it? It was a car. So my son was probably around five years old then six years old. So he asked me, he seen my vision board and he said, dad, are we gonna get that house? Wow. And I said, I said, yes, you know, we're going to get that house. So <laughs> my son went around telling everyone <laughs> he was going to get this big house. Well, swimming pool. He was going he was to be accountable. <laughs> yeah. So what here's here's where I, here's where I took away from what I took away from it is I was telling him. Son, stop telling people that stop going around telling your cousins and all these people that you're going to have these things. So I doubted, I doubted it. You know, even though it was my vision board, I doubted it. Yeah. One day I was at the gas pump, gas station, and my truck caught on fire. It was a Ford. I don't know what happened. It caught on fire at the gas station. Mm. I had just the morning before uh, caught a flight from Florida to Texas. So I was in Texas, you know, my home. And I said, you know what? There's too much going on in Texas right now. Let me make an escape, a retreat. <laughs> so I left and I took my son and I moved to Florida. I didn't know what was going on. I just had faith that things would get better, you know, from where I was at. Right. So what I realized is he ended up with everything that he said. <laughs> 
that he was going to have. So me looking at him, I was like the same way he looked at his father as I was going to provide for him. I should have been the one looking to my father in the same sense. And That's ever right. since I've done that, like I totally let go. And I just, I, I, I believe that I had a father in heaven and things would be provided. And ever since then, I've got my new cars. I've got my wife. I've gotten my vacations. Everything that was on my vision board has came to fruition. Mm, and I it's, it. yeah, man, that's a, so I teach that now. <laughs> you know, I like, I tell people, listen, man, just let everything go and believe it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, one of the tools that I use, so I use a, at these retreats with the business owners, we do some strategic planning. It's designed around trying to listen to God's voice. We believe that's the most important, but we do want to come together with about 15 other business owners uh, in a retreat day uh, for encouragement support, but we also do some strategic planning and every tool that we use comes out of the Bible. And one of my favorite tools is what I call a win list. And it comes out of Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21 that says, God gives us more than we ask, dream, or imagine according to the power that lives within us that's in accordance with Jesus Christ. And I use that tool to think about those three, three ways of casting vision, right? Asking, dreaming, and imagining. And the asking is, of course, the prayer. We're asking our Heavenly Father. We're asking God, hey, God, we're wanting this. We're desiring this. We need this. We have this vision for this you've placed in our heart. Can you provide it for us, right? Or we think we thank him for it. Sometimes it depends on where it's at. Sometimes it's a it's a prayer of of asking. Sometimes it's a prayer of gratefulness or thankfulness. Sometimes it's a prayer for somebody else, a blessing on a, on somebody else. But there's that asking of it. The dreaming is what I call that long term vision. It's the ultimate dream. Just like, and God's done that with every leader in the Bible. He gave them a vision for now, but he also gave them a vision of the future. And so um, now sometimes that vision becomes a little unclear, but that's why I talk about kind of these key areas of our life. So sometimes it doesn't always have to be on numbers, but sometimes it can be about the life that God wants us to script, the, the vision that we want to invest in others, right? That we want to care about somebody else, or we want to create a podcast, or we want to create value to, to other people, sorry. Um, so uh, that's part of that dream, that long-term that long-term vision. That's actually how Well Done came to be for me. I started to, to pray this and act this out in Ephesians 3.20, believing that God was going to give me more than I asked, dream, or imagined. And I said, what's my long-term vision for my faith? And my long-term vision was, I want to get to heaven and hear the words, well done. At, I'm, at my funeral someday, when they bury me six feet under, I want everybody to walk around that funeral that's there that day. And I want them to say, well, you know, Ken's going to be missed. But man, he lived a, a well-done life. He, yeah. he could be proud of what he had done, right? And so that's where that came. But then the, the imagining, uh, I call it ask, dream, or imagine. Imagine is the monthly goal. And so I want them to think specifically what is God asking them to think about that month? That month, What's that vision for that next step that he's calling that's ultimately leading to that, that bigger goal? And then we do that um, based on kind of key areas of their life. Uh, when the Pharisees came to Jesus one time, they asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was. He said, the love of the Lord your God. But he gives four clarifying statements there, which is pretty interesting. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your body. And so what I have them do is I have them think about this, imagine this vision and these dreams and these asks 
around their these four quadrants, right? So what is the relate? The heart is around relationships, and so who who? What's the vision for their relationships? Could be their key customers, could be a, a family relationship, could be their spouse, could be their children, and then thinking about their influence. Those are that's relationships. So maybe it's their their uh, their view of the industry, how people look at them. Can, is their impact growing? Is their influencing gro growing? And then, of course, their spiritual life is their followership and how are they following God and listening to God's voice and how are they stepping back to let others lead and are they being obedient? And then um, uh, the idea of around mind is I think about clarity, right? Are you clear in what God's given to you? Do you know what you're supposed to be doing personally and professionally? Do you have some good goals that you're accountable to? And then, of course, their body is, I use the word energy. So I do look at the body, but uh, Jesus actually transliterated that passage from Moses. The people of Israel cried out, they asked the same question of Moses in the Old Testament, which again shows us the wisdom of that over a period of time. And Moses said to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and he used the word might, might, M-I-G-H-T. So I talk about energy, the leader's energy. What is our goal? What's going to give you energy? What projects do you need to finish? What do you need to ask God for? What are you, what's weighing down? Where's your stress? Um, are you passionate about something? Do you have a project that you're passionate about that God's given you that energy? I was just talking to a CEO just yesterday uh, on the weekend, but um, they, were, they were talking about the fact that, you know, they're in the later phases of their life. They have more energy today than ever before. And everybody used to say, well, I, they were afraid they were going to burn out. And, and she said, it's a woman CEO. She said, I'm not afraid of burning out. She said, I've always been energized by what God had given me to do. And, and the older that I get, actually, the more energy I get. And I think about, boy, that's so much different than the way the world lives, right? We get run down on a project, but when we're in God's spirit, doing exactly what God has asked us to do, going where he's asked us to go, then all of a sudden we're filled with energy because he's giving us something fresh and something new. Jeremiah said, we're going to have wings like eagles, right? We're going to have our strength renewed. And uh, so anyway, uh, but I love that vision that you have, because that's part of that. I think that's part of that Ephesians 3, 20, 21, that vision board that you had. It, it, it helped you to know what the possibilities were out there. And then, of course, you're asking your Heavenly Father to give give you those things. So I, I love that. Yeah, man. And and you can I, I realized I listen to a lot of uh, Steve Harvey mm. has every morning he does a motivational speech every morning and uh, I listen to it a lot and one of his messages is as big 10 times it times 100 it can all be answered you just have to you know go after it and have the faith you know of it of that you can acquire it you know so yeah now I've moved back to Texas I want a huge ranch you know 100 acres so you know why not absolutely you know, yeah, I actually challenge business on just that uh, uh, Harvey model that, you know, I say, hey, what are your what's your vision? And then I say, let's let's maximize that. Let's take it 10 times bigger or even 50 times bigger, 100 times. I use the parable of the uh, sower in the Bible. You know, it said one seed, which this is a powerful thought for us to think about. One seed that's planted in the in the field, in the fertile soil produces a return of 60, 80 or 100 times. Now think about the power of that. That means one seed plant 60 times uh, harvest. 
And so I say, let's think big. Let's, you know, God, when he talks about a hundred times harvest from a seed, he, he's not telling us to, to think small, right? Right. Now, one of the things I do challenge business owners, I want them to think about that from the business perspective, but I also want to think about it from a kingdom impact perspective, right? I say, you know, uh, the business world talks about your big, hairy, audacious goals. And, and that's wonderful, right? I mean, uh, uh, wonderful philosophy. But I, I say, where, where are your big, um, hungry spiritual goals? Where, where are you asking God to do something in your, in your business? So uh, I want people to think about, hey, could a thousand people be saved through, the, through interacting with my company? Right? Or could we, uh, I've got a, com- I got a business owner, we were doing this the, uh, a few years ago. And uh, we were talking about these big goals and, and he had been in business for a long time uh, in the Washington DC area, wonderful business, wonderful business owner. But I was challenging him to think about these spiritual goals, these big spiritual goals. And he said, well, I just wanna make an impact for the kingdom. And he said, I don't really know how to do that. I said, well, let's pray about it. Let's ask God, the heavenly father to provide for us. And so we both got a vision in the next few days that we prayed about it is, the word Bible kept coming to mind, Bibles, Bibles, Bibles. And so we, we talked to each other, we got together and we said, hey, God's telling us Bibles. We both agreed that God was telling us Bibles. And so the business owner said, I know what I'm supposed to do. I said, what's that? Well, he had a, he had a beautiful showroom. He had, he's in this finishing business. He has beautiful uh, woodworking and showroom, a beautiful thing. He said, I'm gonna go to the Christian bookstore. I'm gonna buy some Bibles and I'm gonna set them out in our showroom. And I just wanna give them away for free. And I thought, boy, that's it. Just do it, man. Just go do it. So he goes to the Christian bookstore. He buys these big $60 Schofield study Bibles. I mean, you know, they're expensive. They're thick and big, you know. Now, he he bought five Bibles, right? And he thought that was a pretty big step of faith. And it was. It was a big step of faith. But he he thought, well, it'd probably take me a year to give away five Bibles. I mean, you know, I've never given away Bibles before. And so uh, he comes back, sets them on a table in his showroom gets a piece of paper and gets a permanent marker and just across that piece of paper, he writes free Bibles and sticks that piece of paper on top of those Bibles. Goes into his office, about 20 minutes later, he comes out, all five Bibles are gone. And uh, so he asked his guy in the showroom, he said, where'd those Bibles go? And the guy said, well, I don't know. I've been busy dealing with you know, customers. I don't say, I guess customers took them or maybe some employees took them. So he calls me up. He said, Ken, you're never going to guess what happened. I said, what? He said, oh, I set those Bibles out and like in 20 minutes, all five of them were gone. I said, you know what this means, don't you? He said, no, what? I said, you need some more Bibles. <laughs> and so he, he starts ordering Bibles. And today in his showroom in Washington, D.C., I just love this story. He gives away English Bibles. He gives away Spanish Bibles. And he gives away children's Bibles. And he gives thousands of Bibles away every year for free out of his woodworking finishing company. Oh, wow. I believe he probably gives more Bibles out of his company than all the churches in Washington, D.C. combined. Wow. Now you think about King, yeah, that's belief, right? So Hogson, yeah. he, he's been in business. He said to me the other day, I was talking to him, he said, you know, Ken, I've been in business. He's been in business almost 40 years. He said, I've been in business four years. I've never done anything as significant as giving those Bibles away. He said, that's, he said, that's why I come to work every day. I want to see how many Bibles are taken. And I mean, this, you know, that's, that's, that's power. I mean, so all those beliefs are wonderful, but I want to challenge people to think about the spiritual, the kingdom. That's why I talk about kingdom impact, right? So it's wonderful. And I believe that the more you grow your business, um, the more possibility that you have for kingdom impact, but you can have the possibility for kingdom impact, even when you start a business. I think, you know, that's some people wait too long. They say, well, I'll do it later. I say, do it on day one, build it on the right foundation. 
and you can build it for a hundred years, but you'll make a kingdom impact as you go along. Definitely. Even uh, to add to that, what I've noticed doesn't matter if it's a CEO, business owner, um, actor, sports. Um, at the end of the day, there's only so much money it seems that people can make. Mm-hmm. And the only the only time, like I, I listen and I study people, the only time that people seem truly happy and and like you say, energized, is when they're giving back. That's right. Or you know when they have some type of purpose that they're helping others That's with. Right. That's right. And that seems to be whether it's an athlete that he's burnt out on playing basketball, you know, has a sixty-four million dollar contract, or <laughs> and you know, have purchased all the Lamborghinis, all the big houses, all the travel. At the end of the day, there is a fulfillment. There's there's something that still isn't fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And and nine times out of ten, the people that I've that I see and follow um is giving back, is doing something for somebody else, or you know, seeing something transform out of nothing. That's right. Yeah. So one of the principles I write about in the book, it's principle number three, is I say, make a profit with a purpose. And yeah. uh, so that's just exactly what you're talking about, because the Bible says one of Jesus's statements, and this is pretty powerful. He says, what's it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? And what's he reminding us? Now, now again, he's talking about eternal life. He's talking about the importance of we can strive and do all these wonderful things here on earth, but if we're not prepared for eternity then it's all going to be for not not but i think that's a good business principle as well you know we talk a lot about profit in business and i say good businesses should be highly profitable they should be something that's adding value they should be growing they should be developing they should be adding team members and staff members you know godly things are growing things is what i say right so we we want to continue to grow as a business but to grow in itself without a purpose we we often it, it leaves us uh, empty. It leaves us hollow inside. And so I challenge business owners, you better have a bigger p- purpose than just to make money, right? You ought to have a bigger purpose in your life. You ought a bigger, bigger purpose for your company. Because if you don't have that bigger purpose, you're going to lose your drive. Mm-hmm. And that's when I start to see companies. And as again, as I examine them, they often uh, mm-hmm. fail. So sometimes that purpose can be a nobler purpose. Sometimes it can be something where we just, we want to, we want to help uh, um, a ministry, or we want to help a local church, or we want to help missionaries. Um, it can be thousands of things. I don't, I'm not prescriptive on what that purpose is, but I want every business that I work with to have a, a, a purpose that drives them, that's bigger and can be part of the, the reason that they're uh, developing profits. One of the stories I love to tell the story um, of a company in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, it was a company called Barnhart Crane and Rigging. And um, um, when they took over that company uh, years ago, it was a family owned business, wasn't real profitable to start with. And the young man that took it over, he became a Christian in college. And he was hesitant to get into business with his, with his father because he didn't want the money to drive him. And so uh, he decided, well, if I'm going to get into this business, this family business, he said, my purpose needs to be, I want to give a million dollars away to missionary causes throughout the life of the business. And so he'd make it pretty straightforward. He says, I'm going to come into this business. He set a financial finish line basically and 
said he's not going to be ruled by money, but he wanted to give a million dollars away. Well, God has blessed his business 20% a year over the last 25 years in business. So they've continued, no matter what the economy is, no matter what market is, 20% a year, year after year after year. Today, they give a million dollars a month to missionaries around the world. And he just is so more energized today than he was, you know, 25 years ago when he started in the business, because he's seen how that purpose that God has given them, yes, it's growing the business, but man, think about all those missionaries and all those countries that have been impacted and they send uh, uh, employees on missionary trips and uh, they um, build um, medical facilities and they just do all these wonderful things through this crane and rigging company right? That, that basically moves big stuff. But he says they're not even in the crane and rigging business. They're in the missionary business. They just happen to use the crane and rigging uh, model in order to support the missionaries. And that's that. Oh, wow, man. <laughs> that's that's amazing because, yeah, that's having a purpose. <laughs> Profit for a purpose. Okay. Um, growing up, man, I, I went to church every Sunday. And there was a newsletter that, that came out. And uh, every Sunday, <laughs> every Sunday, this newsletter came out. On the back of the newsletter, it had how much people paid in ties listed. Wow. <laughs> so every Sunday I would run, that'd be the first thing that I look at, how mm. much money people paid in ties. Like they actually printed that out. Wow. So it, it back then it really didn't dawn on me, you know, that's kind of putting people on the spot or whatever. <laughs> but but when you make sense of uh, of it, when I made sense of it, the people at the top of the list were always the people that were at the top of the list. Mm. They were putting in a couple of thousands of dollars, right? The people at the bottom of the list stayed at the bottom. They was doing 10 and 20 dollars. Mm. As, as you really dig into it and, and look at not only the, man, right now I'm studying the psychology of the mind and business, but it also relates to, to the purpose as far as the Bible is concerned. Once you have your mindset that what you put out there is what you get back, mm -hmm. that's the reason the people that's paying $10 in is only getting $10 back. And that's a, it's a simple concept to explain and to understand, but yet it's still, the more you put out there, that's why these people were able to stay on top every month right. is because it comes back. And right. it's, it's like you say, it's, it's purposeful. It's not, I don't think it's like gambling, <laughs> you know, it's not like, okay, I'm going to put uh, $2,000 in. I know I'm going to get four back, but it is, if you have a purpose and you can, um, you know, put it out there or um, let, the, let the world know, the universe know that you are capable of um, expansion yeah. and, 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 and receiving, not just receiving, but giving. And it all works in a, it's, it's, it's crazy when you look at it because it all works in a bubble, in a circle. Right. Well, one of the principles I teach about is, um, I call it trust the law of sowing and reaping. We were mentioning the parable of the sower earlier and the power of that one seed. And I say in business, we have to trust the law of sowing and reaping, that this is a law that's been proven, right? Yep. And uh, you know, it was interesting to me. One of the things I thought about is 
if you read that parable, there was something that that guy did that has always, uh, I found, uh, really caused me to be amazed. And it says that, you know, he had that seed and he, and, and then it talks about the seed falling in different places. So some of the seed, you know, we fell, it fell on good soil, which is good. Some of the seed fell in the weedy soil. Some of the seed fell in the shallow soil. But here's what was really interesting to me that I couldn't understand for many years. Some of the seed, he said, fell on the stony pathway, the walkway. And I thought about this guy, and I thought if he was a well-done servant, if he was a well-done guy, why would he waste his seed on the path? Because you know it's not going to grow on the path. I mean, there's just, it's a hard stony rock. And then it finally dawned on me, I was praying about it one night, and God just gave me this wisdom and this vision. And that was that this guy was so intent to do the job that God had called him to do, that he trusted God to give him the seed, and he wanted to go as far on that field as possible. He wanted to sow it all the way to the edge. He didn't want to leave a single place of that field because he didn't know where the good soil was going to be. So he wanted to go as far as he could to make sure that he covered every place of that soil. And the point that I take away from that is what you were just talking about is that he trusted that if he did what he was supposed to do, that he was going to receive back more that, you know, that hundredfold, that 80fold, that 60fold. And so I think sometimes we, we get to the edge or we get uncomfortable or we get to a place and we say, I got to hold back a little bit. Right? We get, I've only got a little seed left. I, I can't plant that seed. I don't want to waste it. I don't want to put it on the soil. And we got to say, you know what? I trust God. God's saying, release it. I got to throw it out. I want to spread it as far as I can. If I do my part, God is going to bless it in such a way. So if I'm given a little bit more, and, that, and that's that step of faith that you're talking about, right? Those people that they were given probably out of their faith. They weren't holding back. They were given everything that they had, right? And Jesus tells another story about this in the Bible that talks about the widow, you know, that she goes to the temple and she gives, she gives the last little seed that she has, right? And, the, and she gives all that she has is basically what the Bible says. And the Pharisee was there and he just gave a little bit, right? And Jesus says, who's more blessed? Who's, who's trusting this law of sowing and reaping more, right? Is it the widow or is it the Pharisee? And everybody, of course, says it was the widow. And he said, yeah, blessed is, well done is she right? She's the one that did well done because she trusted me as the giver of all the resources to give what little she had, to give it all, knowing that I was going to bless her uh, back. And so I, I, I believe in that from a business perspective. I think, you know, we, we've really got to trust that law. We give it out. We trust God to it. And the more that, more that we plant, the more seeds that's out there. Now, I'm not talking about waste. That, there's stewardship to that, of course. But I just think that so often businesses get, um, uh, um, we, businesses and business leaders, I'll tell you another thing right now, for example, I, I've been telling business owners, the best time to grow is uh, sometimes in, a, in an economy where it's not always most pleasant. I mean, somebody's, somebody's making money during a bad economy. You ever realize that, right? People, yeah, are, people, are, people are buying products, they're buying stuff, you know, they're, they're figuring out. And when when they can go in, sometimes if they have the resources that they've been preparing, right, they can, they can come in and all of a sudden they can get things when nobody else expected them to get it. Um, yep. And uh, uh, one of the things I was telling business owners, uh, uh, now we're a little bit behind on, but uh, I, I was telling them a year and a half ago, I said, hey, you know, I, say, I saw some signs. I said, you know, don't sit on your cash. I said, you want to have a little bit of cash, but go get your inventory. 
I said, I think there's going to be a time where all of a sudden, if you've got inventory that other people don't, you're going to be able to, to service people. And they, they were planting seed. And those companies that come back now and they've told me that they've saved, they've saved thousands, if not millions of dollars, because if they were purchasing the same thing today that they purchased a year ago, it would cost them, it depends on how big the company is, of course, but they'd cost them thousands and even millions of dollars. And that's just the wisdom of God, right? They're trusting, they're sowing their seed, and now they're reaping the harvest of what God's done for them, even in, the, in, a, in a difficult time. Zoom. <laughs> Zoom, for instance. Absolutely. No one knew about Zoom until the pandemic. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, exactly. Well, Ken, it's been a pleasure. Uh, you, I could go on and on and on talking about this subject. Um. I want to help you sell some of these books, man. Where can people find uh, the book? They can find it on Amazon. It's on every bookstore. So if you go to Barnes and Noble or Walmart, Target or Barnes, uh, um, 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 oh, any of the uh, books a million, any of those have it. Amazon's probably my favorite place. Just easy to get it off of Amazon. If you go to my website or the website for the book, it's welldonebook.com, welldonebook.com. If you uh, purchase it through there or send me a message through there, I'll, I'll send a signed copy of it um, and tell you how to purchase it that way. But you can get it on Amazon or any place. I do recommend, I love, I love uh, if people would get it and review it. Uh, right now we've got um, five-star reviews on Amazon. It's uh, being well-liked well by a lot of the readers that are out there. So I do appreciate people getting the book because I think it, they'll find it encouraging, they'll find it supportive, but they'll also find it insightful. Oh, great. I'm definitely uh, going to get me a copy of it. I, I, what I would like to do is I'm going to get a copy, I'm going to read it, and I want to book you again. Okay, perfect. After reading the book. I'd love so, that. Okay. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on all the social media sites, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, so on and so forth. Um, if they go to my website, you can go to www.ceoexperience.com. But if you Google Ken Gosnell, it's not a, a too familiar of a name. You'll, I'll turn up. I'm on YouTube, all those different places, so you can find me a little bit. LinkedIn is one of my favorite places to be on social media. LinkedIn, okay, awesome man. Uh, again, I want to thank you. This was a very informative and insightful podcast. And thank you, my uh, friend, I'll be happy to support you as well. I'll send people your way. I love it. Awesome man. Thanks a lot, and uh, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you too. Have a good one. All right. Have a good one. Bye-bye.